0: Good afternoon or good morning or good night.
1: <coughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm going to keep all this in. <laughs> this is going to be the bitch. <laughs> hey,
0: hey, 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 hey. This is Rob, okay? And before you go anywhere, listen to me right now, okay? Just ima- use your imagination. Imagine this, you're a cargo captain, okay, of a spaceship, and it turns out that you're transporting the one thing that could unravel an entire evil empire, embroiling you in an interplanetary conflict. Or alternatively, imagine this, you and your precious cargo hitch a ride with what you think is a reputable ship only to discover that the captain is more interested in his devil's lettuce than actually captaining his own ship and he just got you lost in the multiverse. This is the story of Spliff and the Smuggler, a darkly comedic, action-packed animated series for adults. Our studio, Strange Loop Animation, has a season-long arc outline for Spliff and his band of misfits, but we gotta start at the beginning, and the first step is producing an engaging 30-minute pilot episode that kicks off their journey and introduces viewers to their world. Now, making an animated short is a huge undertaking, But with your support, our small, passionate team can make an epic pilot for Spliff and the Smuggler and will be one step closer to bringing these intrepid characters home. Thank you so much for watching and... Oh, no. Thank you so much for listening and checking out our podcast. The Indiegogo link is in the episode description. And stick around to see what kind of shenanigans and tomfoolery we're up to this week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Sweating in your
1: sweater... Sweating in your sweater, skip, skip.
0: Yeah, it's no longer sweating season. It's or it's no longer sweaty season. No, no, no. It's still sweaty season. It's no longer sweating season. It's sweater season, and you'll be sweaty either way. That's what it is. Maybe Keith Sweat. Keith Sweat, dude. I used to love me some Keith Sweat. What was that track with him and Snoop Dogg? It was great.
1: Uh, it was
0: great. It's like VIP room or something like that. We're gonna look it up. You know what, Snoop. We should do a spelunking on a Keith Sweat song.
1: Uh, It's called Come and Get Me.
0: (laughs) He said, Come.
1: (laughs) He said, Come.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, dude. Hell yeah, bro.
1: Oh, my God. This track. This one? Yeah. Oh, my God. Keith
2: Sweat and Snoop. It's the
0: nostalgia pit. I'm getting a straight up nostalgia hit. Doing this VIP. This is the most potent nostalgia hit I've gotten in a minute. He got to be special VIP See, so VIP That's him. what I say, what I say. Oh, you're, mm. you're close Goodness Goodness, goodness. Keith. You can
3: keep sweat, sweat. Triple, triple threat yeah, Oh my, my god I still remember oh, the lyrics, the lyrics. You the test. You dig what I'm saying You look good girl But you look better If you was with me Just yeah, wait till Keith comes in man VIP mm-hmm. You, really you got, get it going on. On. got it going on I like the way you're moving, girl When the DJ, DJ plays your song it's looking real good to me you good to me, good to me. in a VIP. VIP You really need to get mm-hmm. in really oh. with me <laughs> <laughs> Get it, girl Whoa. Crystal going Party still going, I'm still going. VIPs <laughs> is everywhere But I still have to stop and step you're looking real good to me. So good. Living in a VIP. All right. All right. You really need to get with
0: me. What's that? Don't come over yeah. with me.
3: Come here with me. Girl. I got what you need.
1: That dude was busting the shimmy what out. What come over with me.
2: Come get with me. Girl. I got what you need. Sorry, butt cheek.
3: <laughs>
0: this is such a good. Dude, this is grown people music right here. Yep. This is what old people listen to now.
3: Yeah. All night long. You looking real good to me.
1: Snoop's pulling the Puff Daddy in the background, too. <laughs> yeah. That was Jermaine Dupree in the video? Yeah, that was definitely
0: Jermaine Dupree uh yeah they had snoop just kind of do whatever he wanted to do in the background you know they were like look we're gonna pay for you to be in the studio the whole session just do whatever you feel like doing <laughs>
2: <laughs> what you wanna do what you
3: wanna throw come on, get with me get with me babe i got what you need what you need girl Come and get with me. And the 20s themed
0: nightclub music video theme. Come on, man. That's good.
1: Classy, dude. Now, I dude, I did not like realize that he like Sweat you. You're produced. And he is, on is going on. credited as one of two producers oh. on the song. Well, shit.
0: It's a great beat. It's a good beat. Very new jack swing. Kinda. New new jack
3: Come get right. <laughs> or New Jack Swing <laughs> to find out what, you <laughs> know
1: what I mean. <laughs>
3: yeah. what sexual? It's Neo New Jack
1: swing. Maybe trying to you more than the average affection Type of mold. I was wondering if Jermaine Dupree produced it, because he's in the video. video. But no. Apparently he's just around. You know? He's just, chilling. just chilling. He's just, just on set that day.
0: Maybe he just shows up to different artists, music video shoots. And they're like, wait, what? Oh, okay. all right, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, come on in. I mean, you are Jermaine Dupree at your prime, so fuck it. What you need,
3: girl? Ooh.
0: Yeah. Keith pointing right at the camera and saying, ooh. It's good. Yeah, I'm Teacher. Holla So good, come get, with me. come get. With me. Me. Snoop has so much fucking yeah. Yeah. swagger, bro. It's good. Anyway, you just you just basically gave me a, a nice heavy dose of heroin right into my fucking veins. A nostalgia boner. <laughs> you gave me a nostalgia climax.
1: Listeners, welcome on into The Nostalgia Pit, a podcast aiming to dissect pop culture, the subconscious, and other psychological phenomena through a hyperbolic and prismatic lens. Hosted by Rob Snow and Colin Cassard, mixed by Alex Riddle, and songs produced by Golden Beats, The Nostalgia Pit is available anywhere you find your podcasts. It's time for mayhem. Mutant mayhem, that is. Today we take a journey into the brand new TMNT animated film. If you weren't able to tell by our 66th episode, we really enjoy the turtles of a mutant ninja variety. So we figured it would be a disservice to the listening audience if we ignored the cinematic expedition into our very own pits of nostalgia. Spoiler alert. We do talk details of the film, so if you're planning on seeing it before you listen to this, hit pause now. Rob gives us a patented review of the new film, but that's not all we talk about. We discuss the productive prowess of the one Germain Dupree, ergot poisoning, and the battle between Sega and Nintendo of the early to mid 90s. We also dig into all things Turtles, so get your wetsuits on, it's time to dive in. At this time, we want to thank our brand new sponsors, Selena Flores Photo, a multidisciplinary photographer specializing in portraits, lifestyle, and event photography. Celebrating over 20 years in the game and with a brand new studio in Portland, Oregon, you can receive 10% off your first booking when you mention this ad. Make sure to check them out on Instagram at Selena Flores Photo, all one word. And if you enjoy what we're doing here at The Pit and would like to support us further, please check us out at patreon.com slash the nostalgia pit. We also have recently launched our merch store. Go check us out at etsy.com slash shop slash the nostalgia pit to cop a fresh t-shirt with our faces on them. Welcome to the Narcissism Pit. Well, alrighty then, let's get into it. Dimensional Awareness. Okay. Did you know So I just decided I was going to look up Jermaine Dupree So this is where we're starting Jermaine <laughs> Dupree okay. Do you know When he Who he first produced for What group What hip hop duo uh, New Kids on the Block No It was uh, early 90s But New Kids on the Block's not a bad guess Think Come get with me babe Think Hip hop duo Chris think, Cross Yes Oh Wow I'm old I know shit I'm old. I shit myself. I mean, what?
0: <laughs> did I say that? I don't trust my farts, bro. Come on. I'm not going to
1: shit myself Dude, anymore. he produced Jump, Jump Around by Crisscross, Cross, which was- What? Number- he did? That is his, dude, that is his first- What? Credited production song. Dude, what a legend, it was 1992, man. Jump. Holy shit. Yeah, that's like, you just come out the door swinging. Just swinging it. That was a massive hit. Yeah, he produced stuff on multiple Crisscross albums, and then produced for the R&B group Escape. Do you remember them?
0: Oh yeah, they were in the Mask. Were they? They did a song for the Mask. Yeah. Wow. I think they might have even played at the Coco Cabana in the Mask.
1: Maybe. All right now. Now we're going. Is That down. what the name
0: was? Coco Cabana. I think that was the nightclub.
1: Yeah, that checks out. Um, <sighs> Escape. Uh, do, 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 do. Yep. After a promotion for Hummin' Coming at You, that's the name of their album. Hummin' Coming at You. Human. Human. Atcha. human sorry. Human. Humming. Humming. Humming Coming at You. Humming Coming at You. Wow. All right. Hummin' Coming at You. Uh, the group contributed to the Mask soundtrack with "Who's That Man" and also appeared on "Freedom" <laughs> theme from Panther from the soundtrack to the 1990 film. 1995 film Panther, which is about uh, Black Panthers.
0: Oh, I didn't ever hear, hear that. I've
1: never heard that song. I almost had
0: a St. Louis accent right there. I never heard of that.
1: Never heard of that. Also appeared on that on the Panther soundtrack. TLC in Vogue, Jade, S.W.V. Forgot about S.W.V. But yeah, Escape. So he produced for Crisscross, then Escape. Then he produced some more Crisscross, then some more Escape. Then he produced for Debrat. A. Hey. Yep. Then, then more crisscross. Then he had a uh, he produced a song for uh, Mariah Carey. Dude made bangers for singers. Always be my baby. Dude, he produced "Always Be My Baby." Holy shit, that's a banger. Always be my baby. <laughs> Dude, what a great melody. I'm gonna say it. You know, say it, man. It, it might be blasphemous, and I'm sorry, Uh-oh. Selena. I don't
0: know about but this. But Mariah
1: Carey might be my favorite singer. Yeah, like I get Whitney Houston. You know, walked so she could run. Yeah, Whitney didn't walk; she flew. Whitney flew so so she could run. But yeah. the
0: whistle high note that she is able to pull off is like I don't know. unmatched. I just think of that as like a freak of nature. Also, Mariah Carey, Jim Carey, Jermaine Dupri producing for Mariah Carey and "Escape" that was on the Mask
1: soundtrack. The connections don't end, dude. They don't end. You can't stop. He also produced, so he got more DeBrat, and then he produced a bunch of shit on Usher's first album.
0: Is that the one with, uh... You make me want to lose the bun yep. I'm with. Yep, that's oh, produced That's so produced good. by him. Oh, shit. That track is the that. shit, dude. Yeah. I got to remember that from karaoke. Yeah. You make me want to leave the bun I'm with. Start yeah. a new relationship with you. Is this is what you do. Oh, Usher so k- came out the gate swinging. I know Usher, Usher was has been a boss f- the whole time. You know what is really weird though? For some reason, it has trickled down to me that he contracted herpes. Why would I know that? Why do I need to fucking who, know that? Who contracted herpes? Usher? Usher, I guess. Why? I don't know. Why do I know that? Or why do why why? Like it's just you weird. You tell me. Like, this is <laughs> the the Amount of information that flows down in the runoff from celebrities is just bizarre, dude. Like, I don't need to know that level of detail about these complete fucking random strangers.
1: Yeah, and then in 2000, he started producing for Bow Wow. Oh, yeah, right. Known as Lil Bow Wow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did he drop the Lil (laughs) when he grew up?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's when, like, by the time he was was in Too Fast, Too Furious, or no, I'm sorry, Tokyo Drift, he was just Bow Wow.
0: Dude, what a placement, man. Like, he could have been, like, a a sort of, like, you know, two-hit wonder. Because I guess he had, like, a couple of hits off of, you know, two of his albums, at least. But then he goes, and, and he's in, like, a multi-million dollar fucking franchise movie. Like, what a fucking yeah, boss move, like, dude. Yeah, but, like,
1: he was just in one of them, and it's kind of, like, an offshoot that they decided to, like, write in as, like, a future movie.
0: I know, but... He is still in a franchise that's still going like fucking 20 years later or whatever. And so people are definitely re-watching that movie and he's getting residuals. That's true. And either way, it's just like awesome to have his name in like IMDB. And he did that roller skating movie, didn't he?
1: Yes. He With did a roller like, skating movie. Was he that also the did a TI movie, called, movie? Oh, the TI one? Yeah. That, was, um, it, was that the same movie that TI was in? I know what movie you're talking about. We talked about it on the Hunter episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is it called Atlanta? Yeah, ATL.
0: Is that the name of it? Oh, and then, okay. And then Lil bu- uh, Bow Wow. Lil Bow Wow. Lil Bow Wow was in Roll Bounce. Roll Bounce. That was his fucking
1: skater movie. Roller yeah. skating. I shouldn't say skater movie. That's not Sk- what it is. No, that's very... Oh, yeah, roller skate. That's how you get beat up by saying <laughs> that. He was in a movie called Like Mike. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, I do. That was, his, that was the big fucking starring role. So I guess he was in movies like... He was in movies. For a while. Yeah. But yeah, Fast and Furious, they did, was a Jaw Rule in the first one? Second one, they brought in <laughs> yeah. Tyrese. Third one, Bow Wow. Fourth one, Ludacris. And I guess Ludacris was in the second one, too. Yeah,
0: Ludacris was in like a couple of them, or a bunch of them, I guess. He's in a bunch. I mean, he's in I essentially don't really every one I, of them. Look, though. I have never kept up with the Fast and Furious movies. I watched a little bit of, no, I did watch the first one on DVD, and I watched oh, wow. the third one in theaters, and that okay. was it. That's all I've seen. It's all you've seen. It's too much. It's too much, and it's so dumb. And I don't care about it at all. It's bad. I'm sure I could probably get engaged if I wanted to.
1: We watched five of them because they're on Netflix, and we were (laughs) bored. You must have been real bored, man. Yeah, we were bored. We didn't know what to do with ourselves or our lives. Jesus, dignity. But uh, that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about like Mike. We're not here to talk about Bow Wow's career. Roll bounce. Or Keith Sweat, for that matter. Well, Keith Sweat, you know, he can always get involved.
0: I mean, he should play a role in every episode, but you know what I
1: mean. Exactly, yeah. Hi, Kitty. So, did you see the movie? Did you see Fuck yeah. TMNT Mutant Mayhem? I sure did. Okay, so did I. Indeed. And you know what? It's so sad
0: because so did Kevin, and he would have loved to be involved. Where is Kevin? He's he's working. He can't Why is it. he working? Or he, well, actually, you know what? He's doing his own thing. He, he's, he's on a new venture. He's doing, I believe he's doing, like, an open mic in Brooklyn. He's, like, hosting it. So what the good hell? for him. That's dope Wh- as fuck. That's so
1: dumb. Why would you do that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't really support it because it takes it.
1: Anything that isn't hanging out with me is stupid.
0: Takes him away from the, uh, you know, we don't have our spleen. It's very Where's disturbing. my
1: spleen? My pee isn't being filtered properly.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. It's not I guess good. my kidney's there for that, so... <laughs> or whatever the spleen does. Anyway. Yeah, we, we no it, it filters blood. Time. That's what it is, right? No, that's the liver. What the, the fuck? We just we established what the spleen does, and now I totally forgot.
1: No, I, if I recall correctly, this. I mean, we're gonna look it up again. But the spleen, <laughs> and I'll forget it again. So takes care of. It's a fist sized organ found in the upper left side of your abdomen, next to your stomach, behind your left ribs. It's important <laughs> uh, part of your immune system, but you can survive without. Okay. it. Okay. Well, he's the immune system anyway, and. So we're sick right now. It fights any invading germs in the blood. So you're right about that. We're so infected. It controls the level of blood cells. It screens the blood we've and got removes- an improper amount of blood cells right it now. It removes any old or damaged red blood cells. We have old red blood cells. If the spleen doesn't work properly, it starts to remove healthy blood cells. And we've got our
0: healthy blood cells just getting shredded right now without him here. Just getting yoked. Our podcast is very sick, and not in a good way that you'd be like, sick, bro. Sick, nope. bro. Cha. Fuck you yeah, it <laughs> sick
2: anymore. Yeah,
1: nope, not like that. When Kevin told you to stop making that voice, he's like, I don't know you anymore. <laughs> You're making me <laughs>
2: uncomfortable.
1: Bro. When I look you in the eyes, I don't see any recognition. I don't know you. Well, did, so did you talk to him about it?
0: Yeah, like over the course of two texts, yes.
1: Well, what did he say? He said he fucking really wants to be here for this.
0: But he couldn't be. But he couldn't. Because he's a son of a bitch. Because he's a son of a bitch. Making what? moves
1: well, in New York. New
3: York! Speaking hey,
0: of John Lowe. Uh,
1: I'm from New York now. You know, this is how I talk. My name's Kevin. Hello. It's nice you to think? meet you. I'm from Staten <laughs> That's Island. <what> he's... <laughs> My voice is converted.
3: Well, you want to slice your pie or what?
1: Come on in. Come on, get a slice of
2: pepperoni.
1: <laughs> pepperoni. You want some ghoul. <laughs> well, uh, you're the animator. So, what did you think of the animation? I really liked the animation. I would like to say the things I liked about
0: it and the things, or no, let's start with what I didn't like about it. Yeah. And then we can move to the things that I did like about it. Okay. And then I want to hear your opinions about it. Oh, yeah. I think. The art style, I was like super, uh, I don't know. I was kind of on the fence sometimes. Sometimes it looked fucking dope. Like it was exactly the way that it should have been. And then sometimes I was like, what a weird choice for them to make. Do you have any specific examples? Okay, so for example, everything was real slanted. You know what I mean? And that's obviously intentional because artists, you know, often we will draw something and it'll be super slanted and so you need to like switch it you need to like go back and forth between switching it you know 180 degrees or whatever so that you can tell if it's too slanted one way or the other uh so it's not like artists don't know how to uh, account for that but in this movie you're saying artists their artists don't know they allowed it in They wanted it to be slanted like that as if somebody didn't know what they were doing. So I just like was kind of a little bit confused about the art direction. Like, what's it going for exactly? Is it going for like a teenager drew this? Because sometimes it's so complex and amazing and looks so dope. There's no way that a teenager could have drew that. But then other times it looks like they were trying to go for that. Like it was like a homemade thing in somebody's you know, at somebody's art desk in their room. Yeah. Like, what were they going for? You know what I mean? What do you think?
1: It reminded me a little bit of, like, I mean, especially with the, there's some shots at the start with, like, the moon and the way that, like, things are rough and, like, not really filled in. Yeah, real sketchy. Really sketchy. It reminded me a little bit of Van Gogh in in, in a weird way. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yep, like an impressionist thing. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I found myself, I think that was what I enjoyed about it the most was actually the art direction. And the way that they depicted everything, it just felt very original. Like, yeah, I I get that, you know, it seemed very inspired by the Enter the Spider Verse. Clearly, you know, they were clearly trying to compete.
0: And I think they did compete like really well. Like, what they did with CGI was so fucking impressive. Like, having those rough, sketchy lines, like, some of them were like off the character or off of the element. Like, not even, like, attached necessarily to the, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did they do that? That was amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, I just, I found it a little bit distracting from time to time. Just, like, that's such an interesting choice to make. And I can't figure out, like, why they made that choice.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a good question as to why. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, like, what were they going for? What Who were they appealing to? Or what were they trying to, like, you know, pay homage to? Or I don't know. I found, it was
1: a little bit distracting sometimes.
0: It looked dope most of the
1: time. Okay. I mean, you were also hyper aware and paying a lot of attention to yeah. the art direction as a certified animator. Yeah. Yourself. <laughs>
0: but the character designs for the turtles, dude. Fuck yeah.
1: And voice casting,
0: actual teenagers. Fuck yeah, dude. That's Those were such good choices to make, like. I'm very glad that this movie exists for the younger generations. This is going to be their Turtles, and that's dope. I I love that for them.
1: Yeah. found myself doing a lot of comparison to the 1991, obviously. Yeah, same. And I have a couple takes on that, but I really enjoyed when when, when Splinter talked, and I was like, is that Jackie Chan?
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, again, great voice casting, man. Yeah,
1: Jackie Chan (laughs) um, being, whatchamacallit, you know, Splinter, and you have Ice Cube being super fly. Oh my fucking God, perfect casting. You got, uh, like, Paul
0: Rudd, Post post Malone. See, all right, but see, I want to talk about this, though. Seth Rogen, go ahead. I think Jackie Chan, Ice Cube, excellent casting, I think, like, no matter what. But however, again, I found it distracting to have so many random celebrity cameos It's very unnecessary. Like, none of those characters needed to be celebrities.
1: But I thought that—I agree, but I also feel like they kind of masked their voice decently well to where it's like it wasn't fully—like, I wasn't like, oh, that's Seth Rogen. You know, and like when I looked back and I was like, oh, that was Seth Rogen. Oh, that was Paul Rudd. Yeah. Oh, that was, you know— But it's like, why does
0: Post Malone need to be in? Like, I I just don't—I don't— I guess this is just a, a new, th- or it's been around for a very long time. It's like a relatively new thing, though, where all of the voice actors are fucking celebrities, like A-list celebrities. This or is a this musicians. is a pretty common
1: thing now, yeah. where it's like Trolls has been doing this for a good yeah. while. Like there are a good amount of movies that are animated, and it's just it's unnecessary.
0: Like, eh, get good voice actors, and there you go. Like the characters yeah. should stand on their own; they don't need to be celebrities. But that's the game nowadays, but
1: yeah it's one of those things where when people see the cast list they're gonna it's going to make people that weren't going to see it go see it
0: but see I find that to be mostly untrue because people would go out and watch these animated movies when there weren't celebrities in them you know what I'm saying well yeah and I just feel like the turtles have enough power and the story should stand on its own somewhat. I I feel like studios are just way too fucking cautious. Like they want to make a huge gigantic profit. So they'll do, they'll spend so much money to get that huge return,
1: but it's like, man, just make a good fucking movie. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think Seth, like, in this instance... I don't think anybody
0: did a bad job, but
1: anyway. No, I, I think everyone did a good job. But in this instance, I think that Seth, a lot of people like Seth Rogen, and he's friends with a lot of people in Hollywood. Right. And so I'm sure that... You know, Paul Rudd did it for a lot less money than he would normally be asking for. It's possible. You know, um, same thing with Post Malone. Like, I imagine he did it for less, but there's also the possibility that they had to pay these people out of the ass. Right.
0: It's very possible. Yes. It's
1: very possible. And you could look at it like, oh, they're just taking voice actors' jobs.
0: That's kind of how it seems to me. Like, these people have enough fucking money. They don't need, like, Post Malone didn't even do anything in the fucking movie. Like, he didn't add a goddamn thing to that character. All he did was, no. like, sing his name or, like, sing, like, different lines. Yeah. Ray he was fillet just like, ooh,
2: yeah, Ray Salé. Yeah.
0: Like, what is the point of that? Like, I'm not saying it was bad. That was a bad move. But it was a bit distracting for me as as a viewer.
1: Did you know it was Post Malone and everyone going into it? Or did you find that all out at the end? I can't
0: remember if I, like, looked it up or if I knew that. I I might've looked that up while watching.
1: Oh, see, you can't do that. Yeah. I might've done that. You can't do that. Yeah. You, you ruined it for yourself. That's that's on you. For me, (laughs) as I watched it, you know, like I didn't pick up in individually out of the crew, anyone's voices that were hyper. Like, I wasn't like, Oh, that's that person. Like the only people that I knew, I was like, Oh, that's ice cube. That's Jackie Chan. Like I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, that's clearly Post Malone singing or, oh, that's clearly Seth Rogen or Paul Rudd or, you know, whoever else of the celebrities that there were. But that being said, I found it good. Um, yeah. So the, the biggest comparison and the biggest takeaway that I took out of it, right, was obviously this movie was very, it was well, not obviously, but it was very hyped up for me going into it. Like... I had one buddy say that it was probably the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles depiction in film. Like, hmm. like unabashedly, he was like, "It's the best movie that has come out of this this franchise." He said it paid a lot of, uh, it you know, like the, the kind of the grittiness and mm-hmm. some of the more violent aspects of it, even though it is a kids' yeah movie. Like it, it paid a little bit more violent homage to the original turtles.
0: Yeah. yeah. It dealt with like body horror and death on a massive scale, <laughs> like huge amounts of destruction in the city. Like my my wife walked in and was like, "Is it, like is this good for kids? Like should kids be watching this? Like how old should you be to watch this?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know." I don't know. Somebody who's I forget who, but somebody said their uh, six year old kid saw it and it was fine. I mean, they were like a little scared by the fly. A lot
1: but, of parents these days are handing their kids the internet,
0: <laughs> yeah, un- <like> unfettered, un- <laughs> and yeah, just like yeah. figure
1: it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like terrible, terrible idea.
0: By the way, for parents out there, I know it's tough. I don't have kids. I can only imagine, but
1: don't do that. Okay, for the net good of society in the future, don't do that. Regardless of the net good of society or the future, it's just like maybe don't do that. Like for the kid. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. For like the, For the childrens. Yeah, because they're going to get to a point where they're not going to understand anything except instant gratification when you're handing them an iPad at age three and yeah. being like, shut up, little Tommy. Here you go. Go to bed. So, but what I was trying to get at with the, regardless of what age range this movie was made for, I mean, clearly it's made for anyone who liked turtles. There was uh, a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of adult stuff in there. Like titties. You guys didn't see that, did you? Tats. I got the unrated version. The unrated version of Mutant Mayhem. <laughs> There's boobs. <laughs> Boob boobs. Boobs. I mean, they are teenagers. They could have been looking at boobs. They, they wanted to look at boobs. They wanted sure. to see boobs. Especially, yeah, Leo in the movie. He was Dude, fascinated yeah. with with tats. I love Tids. The
0: depiction of the turtles as teens, and they're like honestly like hormonal and <laughs> Like wanna socially interact and don't know how, dude. That's dope. Like we haven't seen that in a turtles uh depiction on screen. No,
1: in the in the first one, they were a lot more comfortable with the concept of like just being turtles and fighting the clan and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they were like, they seemed like they were in their twenties. You know, what I mean, they didn't really. Well, seem so like teenagers. okay, so that's the thing I wanted to. to the, my my biggest takeaway and what I noticed in the movie was that in a way, the turtles in in mutant mayhem seemed to me a bit more like 12-year-olds or 13-year-olds.
0: Oh, interesting. Right? And I was thinking like 14-15, you know. What well, I mean they're supposed range.
1: to be 15 just like in the original, but I think that actually what that unravels and brings up the discussion is is the maturity level of 15-year-olds from 1990 to <laughs> 2023. You know, that's yeah. a 33-year gap. Yeah. And, and you know, we have a lot of different aspects of society these days, and it just kind of shows off the the big gap in the maturity complex of kids these days. And the thing about it, you know, it's really easy to say that all kids are, you know, as a blanket statement, all kids aren't as mature. But to me, I think that that's not true. Some kids are more mature, like yeah. way more mature than than 15-year-olds were as a general in 1990. But there are also some kids that are way less mature. And so to me, they did like a pretty good job at depicting youth these days. But yeah, to me, it seemed a bit like, you know, I felt more like they were like 12, 13 as opposed Hmm. to 15, 16.
0: I didn't really catch that. I, I feel like they... I feel like that's kind of how I was when I was 14 or 15. Like, they just seemed, like, very youthful and energetic. And and in the 90s version, uh, those turtles were mature as fuck. Like, their fucking dad, like, could be dead, was kidnapped. And they're just like, I'm so sad about this. It's like they were very, like, reserved all the time. They goofed around. Yeah. But like I did when I was in my 20s. Yeah. This is, like, how a fucking teenager acts. Like, just... Knuckleheads, you know what I'm saying? Like
1: This is this is definitely like a group of teens like together, yeah. like joking around, jostling.
0: Yeah, like play fighting and you know, yeah. slapping each other and it just felt very much more and always playing jokes on each other. Like that that is dude, they depicted the turtles perfectly, man. That was the ninja turtles, right there.
1: Well, another thing that I kind of noticed about this one, one of my uh neutral or negative takeaways was that it did not seem like there were clear separations between the personalities of the turtles in this one. I did feel like ra- I, I kind
0: of feel where you're coming from, but you know that might be paying more homage to the graphic novels, the originals, hmm. because all of them were like basically just the same character. Well, yeah,
1: they all had the same red headband. Yeah, you know? yeah. They they didn't have like the the personalities really started. They weren't color coded. They weren't color coded. Yeah, the personalities started to. To change out. Leo did not seem like a leader in this one. But he had his character
0: growth where at first he was like not a leader. And then at the end when he was coordinating the battle against the fly thing, you know, even Raph mentions it. He's like,
1: yeah, he said you're figuring it out.
0: Yeah. yeah, Like, hey, you're actually you sounded like a leader right there. Yeah. Like, so, you know, yeah, I I like that. I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. This is kind of a new take on the origin story. Right. Definitely. huge
0: reboot there.
1: Yeah, like it just seemed like while they all had their own personality traits, Donnie being a little bit more of a nerd, Mm -hmm. Leo being a a bit more of the leader, Raph being a little bit more angry, Mikey being a bit more of the Joker. Yeah. Like it seemed like they were all very fluid and just like adopting any of those kind of roles. Like everyone seemed to be very Mikey esque in this one they were a lot more
0: michelangelo-esque
1: yeah yeah i like that was probably my favorite part in the movie was him uh signing up his name on the thing
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, michelangelo and then i love
1: they're all clowning on leonardo like that's so funny dude yeah now that was probably my favorite part of the, the movie just like it made me laugh the most
0: yeah that was great this i don't know if this is like the best turtles movie it might be though it might be though. The 90s version was fucking excellent. The 2014 version, I was really sad it didn't get more traction. Michael because Bay? I think they, what's that? No, no, God, no. No, maybe it was 2016. It was a CGI movie and it was, it had uh, Patrick Stewart in it. And it basically was like, you could have just, it could have been a sequel to the 90s, the 1990 movie. Like it could have just picked up that storyline and kept it running. It depicted the Turtles extremely well, in my opinion. Captured their personalities and shit. But again, that's like an older, more jaded Turtles team. This was a very youthful, jubilant
1: group. The one from, uh, uh, with Patrick Stewart was from 2007. Oh, shit, no way. Yeah. Oh, that was a long-ass time ago. Damn. Yeah, it was directed by Kevin Monroe. It was great. Starring Chris Evans. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Kevin Smith had a voice role in it. Patrick Stewart, Lawrence Fishburne, huh? Dude, it was huh. fire. Okay, I might have to go check that one out. I've never, I've never seen that one. So yeah,
0: I was sad it didn't get much more traction. It, it just wasn't all that popular, and I think it spawned a uh, an animated series that was very popular, but.
1: Well, that's legit.
0: But this obviously was a lot more visually appealing, <laughs> this CGI. <laughs> There's been a lot of advancements.
1: Yeah. The world of anime. I mean, but at the same time, what Toy Story was like 95, 94. Yeah. You know Isn't what I that mean? That's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. Like animation has been made very well for a very long time. Yeah. Mira agrees. <laughs> she says, Ooh, ooh. Oh, look at her. She's here. She's here and she's agreeing. Hello. Hello, Mira. <laughs>
0: You or someone you know have a furry fetish? We might know someone with a furry fetish. But the problem is, he doesn't know if he has a fetish or not. Here at Kevin's Furry Fetish Foundation, we're trying to determine if our friend Kevin has a furry fetish or not. This is going to be a huge undertaking. Furry suits can run anywhere from between $750 to $10,000 the dry cleaning alone is a substantial cost. And if Kevin's right, and he does have a furry fetish, he'll need that suit dry cleaned. Because there will be fluids on the inside and the outside of that suit. So let's get Kevin into a nice pit bull costume. Or a furry little cute rabbit. Or maybe a, a large bear. Whatever it is, Let's make sure Kevin's fetish becomes a reality. Donate to
2: KFFF.org.
1: Well, Selena agrees with, with what you were saying. I um, can't remember what part at this point, just all of it. Oh, Leo becoming the leader. That was Oh, yeah. Set up for a sequel, yeah. So I bet we'll see their
0: characters develop. Yeah, I hope there's more, dude. I hope well, there's yeah. more of this cast and this, you know, in this style. It's great.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it ended on not a cliffhanger, but on a perfect note for a sequel. Oh, bro, they're going to introduce the Shredder. Yeah. Spoilers. I hope
0: That's it's very obvious spoilers. that there will be spoilers. Spoiler You'll just say it in the point. intro. <laughs>
1: yeah. I always do. Anytime we do a Rob's Review. This is a Rob's Review, by the way. We forgot to say that. I'll plug in the sound. And now, the Nostalgia Pit Podcast proudly presents Rob's Reviews. What is Rob's Reviews? It's exactly that. Rob Snow from the Nostalgia Pit is going to review something. What's he going to review, you ask? How the hell should I know? There is no way I could conceivably know. I'm a pre-recorded voice. That was a dumb question, and you should feel dumb for asking. it. And now... Rob's Reviews. I thought, okay, here's the,
0: what did you think about the uh, complete reboot of Splinter's backstory? Like just changing it completely. Well, they, they, they changed everything. They really did. completely. They really did. And at the end, they fucking, I'm going to change the subject briefly, but <laughs> they, uh, the Turtles got to go to high school, man, that's dope
1: a little happy ending for them. Like, come on, man. That's great to see. Yeah. I thought it was very, you know, heartwarming and nice, you know, cause they're mutants and they're like, no one's ever going to accept us. And then, and they get accepted and, and then they get accepted and everyone's like, Hey, it's great, you know, we'll help you out. I thought it was a really cool way of like in the final battle scene of just everyone kind of coming together yeah. to, to help them out. And I don't know. I mean, very heartwarming. Yeah. Very heartwarming. And, and, it made me like, you know, feel in the back of my mind like maybe there is some hope.
0: Yeah, man. Right? We we need a little hope and stories of acceptance. So this yeah. was like came at the right time.
1: It came at a good time. I think it was done very well. I really liked the music in it. I mean Oh,
0: yep. I wanted to go over the soundtrack fucking fire. Yeah. Yeah, you
1: got uh I was very excited. So obviously with all the old school yeah. hip hop. M.O.P.
0: playing a prominent role, dude. Hell yeah. They play that song twice in it. And then Ice Cube referencing his songs and shit. Like, that was dope as fuck.
1: Yeah. When uh, Superfly first showed up under the bridge Mm -hmm. and Bebop and Rocksteady walked out, I was like, yes. Because I love Bebop and Rocksteady are dope.
0: Well, I love all those characters, man. Ray, uh, the Manta Ray dude. Love him.
1: Yeah, Ray (laughs) Follett. Ray Follett. Ray uh, she's just said Ray Filet reminded her of you.
0: <laughs> I can Ray totally see
1: that because I'd be singing everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that I talked shit about him too. That's funny. I I retract any shit talking I was doing about Ray Filet. <laughs> I have a bunch of the action figures from the OG shit. So like a bunch of those characters showed up and I was like, Oh, I got that guy. I got that guy. So I that's like, I, I was very excited to see that. Um, but when he first shows up, Bebop and Rocksteady come out, they 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 pull out the uh the boombox and the song that they play is the only song that has Bruno Mars on it that I like. Which one was that? Is Gucci Mane? What's, what's the song? Wake up in the sky is the name of it. Mm. <laughs>
3: I drink till i'm drunk yeah. smoke till i'm high yeah. castle on the hill wake well, up in the sky you can't, you can't tell me i ain't fly i know i'm super fly i know, I know i'm super fly the ladies love love me that's my day i fuck with me out here with the moves like i invented smooth you can't tell me i ain't
1: fly it's a banger scoochie main featuring Bruno marx <laughs> From from like before Bruno Mars was like really, really big, yeah. before it was like 24 karat magic and all that uh, shit.
0: And the score was done by Trent Reznor.
1: Yes, Trent Reznor so, with the sound design. It was great. You could definitely pick it up when the, in the credits. You know, I was like, oh, that's definitely a Trent Reznor song. Yeah, or, soundtrack was vibes. fucking
0: banging, dude. It was great. And they clearly were doing their demographic market research and shit and knew that they'd be hitting us, the fucking OG... Turtle lovers, you, yep. know? you know, all that shit was like from our era growing up.
1: Yeah. And I think Seth Rogen had a heavy hand in that, where it's yeah. like he, that's like a lot of the shit that he just enjoys. Right. You know, or yeah, if I recall correctly.
0: Yeah, man. Soundtrack was dope. But back to Splinter and his complete reboot. Yeah. How do you feel about that, man? He's no longer a rival of the Shredder. And he's no longer from Japan. But why do he have the accent then? Why didn't he sound like a fucking New Yorker? If he's from New York.
1: Well, see, they gave his backstory, but they didn't give all of his backstory.
0: Oh, you think there's more that we don't know?
1: Well, I think that there's going to be, like if they do make a second one, I do think that there will be some sort of relationship with him and Shredder. Or the other way that they could do it like maybe he came over on a boat from Japan. Yeah, that I was thinking that. Even though a Japan to New York City is an interesting boat ride, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah,
0: not as easy. But he could,
1: you know, got doesn't on a seem
0: plane. very plausible. <laughs> but no. you know, there are. It weird is
1: 2023. Things. He so, was an
0: outcast even in the rat world, so maybe that's why. Maybe yeah, exactly. The, the
1: rats were xenophobic. They were they weren't yeah. like you know, look at this New Yorker <laughs> over here. They were like, who's this Japanese dude? You don't smell like New York garbage. You don't smell like pizza.
0: (laughs) You don't smell like old pizza crusts with garlic salt.
1: Oh, yeah. And Maya Rudolph was in it, too. I forgot about that. Yep. yep, John Cena was another one.
0: Yeah, he was uh, Rocksteady or p
1: one of the two. Rocksteady. Rose Byrne. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There were so many celebrities, though. It was And Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter at the start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was well-casted, I feel. So, yeah, Baxter stockman i got excited when i saw him but yeah and i was i was a little confused at at first because they gave him you know a whole different backstory as well because Mm -hmm. if i recall correctly in the comics wasn't didn't baxter get like merged with the fly
0: yes that's i was a little upset that they did it like that like i wish they had done that but you know i i like what they did with the story i'm not mad about it But it would have been cool to see Baxter Stockman turn into that fucking weird fly creature.
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh, Bobby Wagner, the Seattle Seahawks linebacker, he was in it as well as he's cast as man who thought a giant rat was a big cat, but it was actually a rat. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Linebacker, more like line speaker. Am I right?
1: Hey. It's good. It's good. So, I yeah, to to go back to what you're saying about Splinter. I was okay yeah. with it. Um, I was okay like it took me a second to readjust, but I was okay with the whole concept of a new backstory. You know what I mean? If you're going to yeah. do an origin story type of movie, which I think origin stories are very a lot of I think I feel like they got played out. Like for the most part, I don't want to see, I don't want to see a new Spider-Man origin story. I don't want to see a new, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm so fucking done with it.
0: Everybody in the world knows how fucking Batman came to be. We do not need to know. We don't need another fucking movie about it. Did you see the Robert Pattinson one? I actually did. And it was like fucking fire as
1: fuck. I didn't like it. You didn't like it. No. I mean, it was really, it was like like really well. Uh, So Paul Dano's character, I thought sucked. Mm. i, I and That's it's weird. one of those things where it's, um, he acted really well. I think Paul Dano's a really good actor.
0: Yeah, but I was super annoyed about the Joker cameo in
1: there. Yeah. And I was and, like, dude, what? Stop. Dude, his weird emo take on Batman and then the hyper emo Riddler. Like, I just thought it was, like, it was one of those movies where it was, like, really well done and it was. just trash it was. at the same time.
0: Ah. <sighs> See, that's so funny, man, because going into it, I was pissed about this movie. I was like, Are you kidding me, man? We need another origin Batman or a Batman origin story. We need another like gritty, realistic action, you know, Batman. No, we don't. We don't. Let's do something different now. But then I watched it and I was like, damn,
1: they fucking nailed it, man. So I think really that got it. Robert right. Pattinson's a really fucking good actor. And didn't Matthew Vaughn direct it or who directed it? Uh, now we're gonna look, we're sidebarring uh, into the Batman. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, so it most people rated it five stars, some people rated it four, three, two, and then a lot of people rated it one star. So it was very polarizing. <laughs>
0: Matt Reeves, my bad, not Matthew Vaughn. I'm a dope Vonilla, Vonilla
1: directed it. <laughs> no. Uh so Matt Vaughn did that's who it is? No, it's Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves, there we go. I I'm was sorry. incorrect. So okay. Looking at his filmography, I've never seen I never saw Cloverfield.
0: Uh Cloverfield was uh
1: And I have not good seen for the, time. the Planet of the Apes I haven't seen any of the Planet of the Apes new saga.
0: Surprisingly good. I, I was
1: I've heard they're pretty surprised. Good. yeah. yeah. So I, I get that, you know, and he's produced some other, he pr- helped produce the Cloverfield reboots or, or sequels. But yeah, I mean, it was okay. I just think that it would be, yeah, like I agree that we don't need another origin story. Like yeah. I would have been way more okay if it just would have like launched you into the life and he's already the Batman. Like, I don't, I don't need to see him like build the Batcave again. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah who yeah. gives a shit? Like, I know. We, it's like everybody know the knows. Story
0: people who don't even know anything about comics or comic book movies or anything know about fucking Batman's origin story. Yeah. But you know what? I wish they hadn't completely bungled the fucking DCEU and they could have had like a really dope older Batman, like dealing with existential, <laughs> you know,
1: well, yeah, thoughts I've, about
0: dying and like, what is he going to do about his legacy? And, have
1: you read that book or that Frank Miller comic?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have it actually in
1: my, I got it, too.
0: Bookcase. Hey,
1: yay! What's it called again? What am I blanking I forget, dude. I couldn't tell you.
0: Or Dark Knight?
1: Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Right? Isn't that the one? Frank Bowie did. The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's, like, older
0: and Yep. That's the movie that I
1: wanted to see. Like, did you see Logan? Oh,
0: fucking so good. So good. Logan was great. It was fucking phenomenal and not just by comic book standards. Except- Like legitimately fucking good.
1: Except at the end, as my buddy pointed him out, he's like the Captain Planet kids <laughs> at, the, at the fucking end. And then I, so I couldn't take that shit seriously oh, no. anymore. And I was like, oh, yeah. he's totally right. They are the like Captain uh, Planet that. kids. look at Yeah. But like minus that, I, th- that was pretty fucking good, I'd have to say. Uh, yeah, it was great. It's not like Yeah, so- it was interesting, like going back to the mutant mayhem, one thing that threw me off at first was the idea that April was their age in this.
0: Uh, Yeah, right, right. Well, I had to really adjust to April's character being different because, because oh, 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 that reminds me of a criticism I had that I think is very legitimate, whereas my previous criticisms I'm very soft on, this is a hard one. Hard crit. Hard crit, a- dude. I got a hard crit right here
1: That's for you. It's a big crit. Get ready for this big... <laughs> this big crit. Slita's uh, okay. just wow in the back. Uh,
0: <laughs> get ready for it. Open wide, baby. Here I'm it ready. is. I'm open. Uh, the exposition was so fucking clunky and forced, bro. Like It's like you. they were doing a lot of telling and not showing in the exposition. Uh, which was very frustrating. As yep. somebody who enjoys the art of filmmaking and, yep. you know, wants to write short films and films and whatever.
1: Oh, you're going to write two? We're going to compete for each- We're competing? We're competing yeah. now?
0: Yes. Oh. This is, offic- this is where it starts. I wanted yeah. to let you know we are in direct competition. Damn it! Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, I just didn't like the exposition, man, because in the 90 version, the expository... Uh, 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 I don't know, what, what would you call it? Expository tactic or
1: whatever. Yeah, the was, elements the elements of exposition. I mean... Yeah, I mean, like whatever they used expository
0: to Expository dialogue. Exposition out. They used yep. April O'Neil because she was uh, a newcomer to this world, a stranger to their world, and she was a reporter. So she's naturally curious and investigative. Yeah. And she's a stranger to the world. So yep. it's like perfect expository She is technique. the audience.
1: She is She's the audience. She is the audience in that instance.
0: So the yes. characters telling you what the fuck is up with them in their world makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. And this one did not make any sense at all. Splinter is talking to his fucking sons about the life that they have all experienced together. Mm-hmm. And he's going all the details from the beginning of the story to now yeah. about how they came to be that does not make sense you would never tell you know if you had a cousin or something you would never be like well you know you are my cousin and ever since i remember when i was born in north uh, park rapids minnesota blah blah blah. it's like dude why are you telling me all this like duh
1: duh we're cousins We've we're have fucking other i know everything yeah. about all that shit like what are you doing who are you telling right now you know? I think that that stems into a bigger problem in writing in general to where, I mean, don't get me wrong, you can find exposition done horribly and like super blatantly and you know, you can find good versions of it and bad versions of it kind of in, in any element of time at any yeah. point oh, in time totally. throughout yeah. history, yeah. but, but I just feel like a lot of movies These days, maybe I'm just seeing a lot more of them. Whether it's movies or TV shows, will just they just spell it out like entirely for you. There's like no like you're not open to interpretation. Like Selena watched was the Deer Hunter last night. She was watching the Deer Hunter with the De Niro movie, Mm -hmm. and she was like, "Yeah, they just you know they were doing this. They they don't spell shit out. You know what I mean? Like you have to interpret. We watched that movie, you know, Sorcerer which is the last episode that um is about to come out. And in Sorcerer, they don't spell shit out for you. The wire, right? Like they launch you into yeah. a scene. You're there. There is no exposition. You just kind of right. have to pick it up. I mean, exactly. Exp- That's and how it so- should
0: be. If you've got a family, like if the turtles are his sons, then you show them interacting like a father would with the sons. You don't need to be like I remember when we f- when I had you boys, because you are my sons, and and you're 15 years old, it's like what? Don't why are you telling him this? They know this. It's yeah. like you just need to act like you're the father, and people will immediately assume. You know, I, I don't know. Like it was just very annoying because they did that like I don't know, like three times at least. Yeah, because they did it with Baxter Stockman, they did it with Splinter, and I feel like they did it with
1: someone else, maybe the
0: maybe Superfly. But anyway.
1: Yeah, it was very annoying. I didn't like it. Yeah, they either did it with Superfly or they did it with uh, um, April. Yeah,
0: I didn't mind it with April when she was talking, because that was like a perfect way to go about it. They discover the name on her locker and they're like making fun of it. And then she looks like she's uncomfortable. So they're like, well, that's not you, is it? And then she explains the story. It's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? They wouldn't know that stuff. She's telling somebody new, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It just feels like it's forced exposition. Yeah, exactly. Is And it's like, it's the assumption. I guess what it is, is the difference between like 1990, say, or, or even before and now, is that there was an assumption that people would get it. And now the assumption is that people are stupid and they won't get it. And you have to spell every little detail out.
0: Yeah, I think that is... A thing that a lot of media falls victim to
1: yeah and and american specifically
0: american uh productions have a very low opinion of american viewers and i don't know if they're wrong or right but i feel condescended to all the fucking time with media it's like dude i get that the theme of this is like whatever loyalty or whatever you 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 don't have to like beat it over my fucking head every goddamn scene every line of dialogue yeah you know what i'm saying like that's how i feel sometimes about american shit
1: yeah and i think that those are the moments where you know this is potentially being a a kids movie you know allowed for more of that like over explanation i don't see kids movies you know like i'm not watching children's movies and so maybe that's the thing that's in kids' movies, but I will say- That that is a good point, yeah, yeah. One of the biggest reasons that I think that that is the case, the over-explanation and like spelling everything out to a T, I'm going to say that, in my opinion, the biggest culprit to the reason that that is where it is now is because of reality television. (laughs) Yeah. So when you watch reality TV, (laughs) they explain everything Everything they over explain everything yeah. Yeah, because you're not paying any attention. They know that
0: you're like scrolling on your phone or shopping on your laptop or or both, you know, talking to somebody or
1: yeah, yeah, whatever. So, I think that in all, in all honesty, reality TV kind of degraded the way that people watch things and that they want things like That's a lot fair. of people want things spelled out because they don't like they're just like, oh, well, I don't get it. And it's like, yeah, well, you have to pay attention. See, I'm a huge
0: opponent. Oh, I agree. Of that. I I think that to social engineering wise or whatever, like if you treat somebody like they're a fucking moron, you know, they're more like, I mean, that's how like uh, manipulators con people. Like they they treat you a certain way and your natural, most people's natural social inclination is to fit the mold of whatever they're expecting out of you. That's yeah. like- Especially if you have like an authoritative uh, 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 kind of vibe or, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, point is, if you treat somebody like they're stupid, they're more likely to descend to that level of being stupid. And if you expect somebody to be intelligent and creative, they're more likely to get up and be a little more intelligent and creative. It's not always the case. Generally true, though. And I feel like I I don't think that it's good that, you know, even if you're talking to kids. I feel like you should elevate the conversation.
1: Oh, 100%. You know like, what I'm talk, saying? And it's Talking upsetting. to a kid like they're an adult. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because they that's the whole point of being a kid, right? Is to learn how to be an adult. That's yeah. the goal. Like, that's the whole point. This is all a training program to learn how to live
1: <laughs> as an adult. Yeah. Hopefully you can have fun and create formative memories. Yeah. That and should be part, in, part of uh, being a kid and an adult. Hell yeah. Yeah. As a kid, you just take all that shit for... And, you know, you take it all for granted because you don't realize how much free time you truly have when you're a kid. Yeah. And then, you know, you get to be an adult and you're just like, shit, dude, I got like eight hours of free time a week. (laughs) Like a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we all take on our own extra tasks and try and figure out shit. And then we become more serious about something. If you pick up a hobby, like an artistic hobby that you become serious about, like you with animation or music or... You know, it's just like, oh, this is like fun. And at the same time, it's like, it's not like relaxing and and I, I don't know. It's different. You know what I mean? It's not like. Well, especially like nowadays, I mean, typically
0: we're again talking about social engineering and expectations and shit. We're expected to sort of like monetize or make any of our hobbies or any of our free time activities. They're supposed to be like another job another job essentially or like at least performative enough to be consumed by other people or Mm -hmm. you know it's like always kind of like this low level of stress even when you're relaxing (laughs) because you're like
1: (laughs) you know i should be putting this out as like content man yeah what? you don't monetize your free time (laughs) yeah exactly do do it you know (laughs) you just play video games you just make music for yourself Bro, hey, bro, I stream my video games on Twitch. <laughs> exactly. I've got thousands of followers. They watch me do speedruns. Exactly, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Okay, I just do speed runs. They watch oh me, my God. and then they just give me money. It's really
0: you're, cool. You're impressive if you're doing a speed run of speed run of a uh, Turtles in Time. That's impressive.
1: So did I? Have I told you that, that every single day in like I want to say it's like third and fourth grade. I would go over to my best friend's house in the morning because my dad would always go to work early. So I'd have to, you know, I'd leave the house. I'd go hang out with my best friend before school. So we'd have like two hours of chill time. And then we would beat that game every single day. God damn! We, I, I mean, on two player mode, you know what I mean? So it's That's like you, crazy, man. That's actually impressive.
0: Because from what I remember, that was a very difficult.
1: Well, did you play it again. with a second person? No, never. So that's the thing about it is like once you're playing with two people, it becomes a lot easier, right? We would beat that game in like tw- like under 25 minutes.
0: Dude, I can just imagine you guys slamming your controllers down, giving yourselves like an epic high five.
1: Cowabunga! <laughs> Big Apple! a.m. Yeah. Dude, I'll t- I fucking crushed that game back in the day. <laughs> crushed it. TMNT, the first video game for NES, is one of the hardest fucking games I've ever played in my life, though. If you've never played it, you should go like get an emulator and just test it out sometime. Oh yeah, it's so fucking hard. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Maybe that's the one that Ooh. I'm thinking is impossible. For, so, Turtles in Time was for Super Nintendo, and then they had it was Hyperstone Heist, if I recall correctly, was the the essentially the same game, except it was for Sega Genesis. Wait, what was it called? Hyperstone Heist. And that's a turtles game, or yes nah. oh yes. okay so there's turtles and turtles in time. give me a second, I'm gonna find it. why do I remember these hyperstones
0: like <laughs> I remember there were like these weird stones that like transported them to different dimensions or some shit,
1: yeah, okay, so Turtles in time came out in nineteen ninety one on Super Nintendo, and in nineteen ninety two Hyperstone Heist came out. This is the first TMNT game released for the Sega Genesis. It features much of the same character animations as Turtles in Time, and some levels were reused from that game with minor cosmetic changes. However, there is a completely new plot, some new levels, and one new boss. Well, well, well. Yes. There were a bunch of games back in the day. So the first TMNT came out on... NES in 1989, and that game was f- so fucking hard, it was insane. Yeah, that's probably the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Absolutely insane. But then there was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the arcade game, which also came out in '89. Just it's got the same name. Dude, that, was a, that was a good time. And so that's like the issue. Like a lot of people confuse the two. So there's the NES one, and then there was the arcade one, and the arcade one was dope. <laughs> like that game is the shit. Yeah, I seem to remember that. Yeah, and then they had a also in eighty nine. They had a TMNT handheld electronic game. So handheld electronic, what, like game. a
0: Tiger Electronics or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Like one of the
0: <laughs> one of those. Those and were they had, uh, those were pretty dope for what they were, but like they were very fun. chintzy, very very cheesy.
1: Yeah, and then they had tur- uh, TMNT two. Splinter speaks. Also, for the handheld electronic game system. <laughs> and then they had t- teen, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Pizza Drop, but that was a redemption game. And redemption games are like where the coins drop down. Oh, yeah. So that, yeah. Doesn't, that okay. doesn't really count. That's not really a video game. Yeah, that's just, that's got branding of the turtles, but it's not the turtles. Yeah, then they had TMNT World Tour, which came out on the Commodore 64. Oh, yeah classic and also you know MS DOS <laughs> and Atari ST classic the they Commodore
0: had, 64
1: dude i had my uh, best going back to my best friend he had his uh, uh cuz he had a brother that was older than him by like i want to say 10 or 11 years oh dang yeah like much older brother and his brother had um learning disabilities and so he still lived at the house so like when we were like He might have even been like 12 or 13 years older because by the time, you know, I was like eight years old and he was still living there, but was fully an adult, like in his Mm -hmm. twenties and because he didn't have to pay rent or anything like that. He was still living in his parents' house, but he, he, he was cognitively aware enough to like, he had the biggest collections of VHSs and a bunch of video games and stuff like that. That's the fucking sleepover house right there dude yeah yeah we would go through his VHS (laughs) collection you know when he wasn't there and like pull some some games out or some Genesis games and so they had the SNES they had the the Sega Genesis they had all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles VHS's of the the animated one Mm, they had Atari they had Commodore they had so essentially everything like so I got to play all the video games when I was a kid Jaguar they had Jaguar like all the crazy Damn, shit, man. They were loaded. Yeah, they had a bunch of dope stuff. They like lived like a really humble, weird lifestyle where like their house was like everything was brown in it. Uh, I remember that like brown <laughs> I think that carpet was just
0: very uh, like eighties, nineties. I don't know. A lot of places I went was very brown.
1: Yeah, on the know dark why. wood, everything. Yeah, everything yeah, was very brown, brown
0: carpet. Like
1: they yeah. were the ones that introduced his family. Like essentially raised me. Like a lot of the time because my dad. You know, was was working supporting four kids. Um man. so for there there were a bunch of years where he was single dad and so I was always at these people's houses. These are how I got to know like a lot of the, you know, or not organic, but like natural foods, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. You know.
0: They were a little granola. All they were right. they
1: were granola parents. Like I got they they would get bulk granola from the co op, you know, and like that's that was like the breakfast then, that I was
0: served. It was dude, the co op? Come on,
1: man. That's that's
0: that's incredibly progressive. Now everybody goes to the co-op. Co-op is like a gigantic brand.
1: Yep. So I want to say the dad was like a stay-at-home dad and like did some he did some stuff working from the house, but he also had a shop downstairs. And then mom worked at the college at Western Washington University. And so I think she was the breadwinner. But
0: mm, nice. They were very ahead of the curve, man.
1: Yes. But yeah, TMNT Follow the Foot Clan was for Game Boy. I remember playing that. TMNT Manhattan Mission. Um, missions exclusively for PC. Oh, shit. Man, I missed out on all these games. I vaguely remember that. Then they had a, a pinball, which, you know, that that's not a video game.
0: <laughs> that doesn't count, man. Yeah. Throw that
1: in the back. And then Turtles in Time came out. Yeah, classic. Yeah, 1991. It's fantastic, fantastic game. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, then TMNT 3... The Manhattan Project came out exclusively for NES. So this was always an interesting thing where like it's it's crazy how long the NES was putting out games. Yeah. It was like the SNES came out and they were still putting out NES games.
0: Right. Well, it's the same for uh uh Super NES and N64, like after the N64 came out, yeah. There were still I think uh the RPG, the Mario RPG came out like after the N64 had already come out. Really? I'm pretty sure the SNES game. But either way, they were putting out new SNES That game was games.
1: dope. The Mario RPG was dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. It came out in 96. Okay. Legend of the Seven Stars. Man, that game was amazing. <laughs> oh, I know. Dude, throwback. And okay, yeah. I mean, okay. So release date was... July 23rd, 1996 was the official release date for the Nintendo 64. This game came out in March of ni- Wait, no. So like around the same time. Yeah, March of 1996 in Japan, North America May 1996.
0: Okay, so around around so, the same time. Not right exactly
1: before, like a month before. Yeah. But yeah, SNES was dope. SNES had some great 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 games. I think it's Hell probably yeah. the best system. Like, as far as the amount of stuff. But, I mean, Genesis had... Genesis was fucking fantastic.
0: See, I felt a weird loyalty to Nintendo.
1: Yeah. Even though I absolutely shouldn't have.
0: Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, fuck Sega, dude. For no damn reason.
1: I felt that at first because we had an NES. But then my... So, my best friend, he got the Game Boy. And he had the Game Boy. And then I got the Game Gear. And I was like, oh, shit. Game Gear is so much fucking better than Game Boy. Wait, what's the Game Gear, dude? Is that the Sega version? Yeah, the Sega uh, fucking... That's the one that had the epic dystopian commercials? (laughs) I think so. Dude, Sega was amazing back in the day. Sega had Sonic on it, but the thing about the biggest difference between the Game Boy and the Game Gear was that the Game Gear was backlit. So I could play it at night. Oh, that's fire. I could play, you know, it just like had a bright screen. So in like the original Game Boy and even the Game Boy Color, you had to like have light. You had to have light shining on.
0: Yeah, you had to put that gigantic fucking lantern that fits over there.
1: They had a lantern (laughs) attachment that you could like put on it and like a magnifying glass that like also lit it up too, you know? And so Game Gear was infinitely better than Game Boy. I loved my game gear so much. I brought it everywhere. I brought it into the sandbox <laughs> while my brothers were playing a little league game and I was just like, I'm gonna play the fucking game gear in the sandbox over there. What's up? It's incredible. And I got sand caught in the thing. <laughs> you and fool. then it broke because, you know, of course my, my dad wouldn't unscrew it and take the fucking sand out, you know. He was busy, he was raising fucking. was four too kids. busy, He's like, I got four fucking children, you know what I'm saying? You want your fucking you got sand in your fucking game gear? Get out of here. Gear, fucking gear game, you know? So did you ever play TMNT Tournament Fighters? Never. But they had a straight up tournament fighting game, kind of like Street Fighter. What? On NES and on Sega Genesis. That's dope. Yeah, you could be uh, Wingnut, humanoid alien bat, you know, who was also Oh yeah, in Wingnut TMNT. was in
0: uh, Mutant Man. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's just a different version just a different version.
1: Yep. You
0: have to kiss your childhood goodbye and embrace the future.
1: Yeah. You could play as the Rat King.
0: Classic. See that's that's somebody we have not seen yet in the any movies. In any of the movies. And he's like a big character in the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Celine From and the, I after memory. watching this we were like uh, you know Mutant Mayhem we were like this is dope. We should probably find the animated series and watch it. Like
0: you know I bet you it through. won't hold up. I bet you watch it and you'll be like,
1: oh, this is not great. I think that you are a hater. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. You suck and (laughs) you're bad.
0: It could be. I guess we'll find (laughs) out. Yeah.
1: So Tournament Fighters came out in 93 and then they only had two handheld electronic games. You know. Unacceptable! in, in, In 95 and 97. And yeah, so TMNT really started to taper off after, uh, uh, in the mid nineties, but yeah. Oh yeah. Tournament fighters borrowed heavily from elements contained in the street fighter two video game. So if you like street fighter, street fighter two. Yeah. Like I was seeing a screenshot. It looks
0: very similar,
1: like very fucking similar. And then they had, I remember this one that came out. It was also just called TMNT teenage mutant Ninja turtles came out in 2003 on GameCube, Xbox and PlayStation two, but it was like animated, kind of looked like it was like cell shaded or you know type of thing that game was pretty cool that's they had it also came out on the game boy advance which game boy advance was the the hell was the game boy advance i never heard of that. game boy advance was essentially a ripoff of the game gear but it was like a you know so if you remember the game game boys were like kind of tall they were taller than they were wide right whereas the game gear was wider than it was tall right and when the Game Boy Advance came out, it was essentially wider than it was tall, had a backlit screen, and it essentially was Nintendo's take on the Game Gear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't played any of the games after that one. But um do you know the whole story about why Sega went under? Nope. Did so they Sega, I, I feel like they got caught
0: up in the in the uh console wars and they kinda. were trying to make a new console and it failed or something but
1: so what happened tell me what happened was they they dark dro- if i recall correctly they dark dropped the sega saturn and so the sega saturn came out and it was a huge huge fail so it came out july 8th 1995 so it was technically a year before the 64
0: Oh it
1: had right. a seat C- had a cd-rom and yeah it had a huge they had a huge success with the genesis so like this system was supposed to be the next Genesis. But if I recall correctly, okay, so it launched in Japan in 1994. It had the games like Virtua Fighter, Virtua Cop, and there were, you know, a bunch of things like that. So it was instead of Virtual, it was Virtua. Had a good success in Japan, but Sega also they released the 32X. In North America, before they released the Saturn, do you remember the thirty? So you, so you weren't a Sega dude, but no, they I've had never a thirty-two, yeah, a thirty-two bit system called the Sega, or it was called the thirty-two X.
0: Is that what uh, SNES is? Thirty-two bit. Yes.
1: No, SNES is sixteen bit. Is this sixteen bit? NES is eight bit. SNES is sixteen bit. Ah, and then so Nintendo just skipped the fucking. But they had some way of like
0: really improving the graphics at a certain point on the SNES. Exactly. So that was the one thing that
1: really happened. It seemed like it was thirty-two bit, like Donkey Kong Country, bro. Come on, Donkey Kong Country was amazing. It was all good. It looked so good. I'm gonna look it up. SNES bit rate, 128 m bits. So, no, it went up to 32. Yeah. So it went from okay. 16 to 32. So SNES was a more powerful system. So what happened was. The Saturn got released essentially right when the PlayStation got released, mm. like right in between the uh, PlayStation and the N64, two of the greatest systems of all time. Yeah. So, so it just came out of the,
0: at the wrong time, basically.
1: Yeah, it came out at the wrong time, and they did not release very many games for it. There was a game called Sonic Extreme that people got super excited for, but then it, it just kind of flopped. Mm. So... Sega's revenue declined as part of an industry-wide slowdown from 93 to 96. The company retained control of 38% of the the video game market compared to Nintendo's 30 and Sony's 24. So they used to own... They were like the number one. Yeah. They were killing it for a long time. Yeah, they were killing it. And then 800,000 PlayStation units were sold in the U.S. by the end of 95 compared to 400,000 Saturn units... So it got massively, massively outsold by you know two essentially, by by the PlayStation. But then they had the Dreamcast, and that did all right. No. So what didn't happened it? with the Dreamcast was the death knell for Sega. Oh, they didn't put anti piracy pro- uh, software in well enough to where you could just go burn games for the Sega oh, Dreamcast. Sh- <laughs> you could literally oh, burn man, them off ROMs on online. That. Yeah. So. You know, I was just talking to my buddy Phil about it, and he was—he made thousands of dollars in high school selling NBA 2K1 and NFL 2K1 <laughs> before they were actually released oh, because he shit. found ROMs. This for guy's it. a fucking entrepreneur, bro. What yeah, the dude, fuck? Yeah, made thousands of dollars in high school, and so the the Saturn, or I mean, I'm sorry, the Dreamcast got to a point where all you had to do is buy the system; you didn't have to buy right. any games, and yep. so they lost hell of money because Damn. of it. Yeah. You fools. I think that that was the last one that they did. I don't know if Sega...
0: Yeah, I don't know if they ever came back from that. Probably not.
1: I don't think they made anything after the Dreamcast. Okay, let's... Dreamcast and continuing struggles. So, yeah, and then... So, that was 98 to 2001. And then 2001 to 2003, they shifted over to third-party software. And so, they were essentially selling their games to other systems.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a, uh, a smart move on their part.
1: Yeah, and so Sega property still exists. Yeah, like Sonic. Ooh. Sonic. Yeah. yeah. Sonic's you know. a fucking fantastic character. One of the things that they did also that my buddy Phil reminded me of was that uh they had this thing. It was essentially like the first uh streaming system, but it was called Sega Channel. Hmm. And you hooked your Genesis, yeah, your Sega Genesis up to via a coax cable what? to your to your TV and you could That's stream nuts. games. That's nuts. Yeah, you could stream, what, what year was that? 1994 or 1996? Holy shit. Let me shit. check it out.
0: That was like way ahead of the curve.
1: Yeah. Sega Channel was uh, launched in 1994 Damn. and discontinued in 1998.
0: 94? I can't believe more people didn't jump on that. I bet it just had like technical limitations that weren't allowing it to expand or something.
1: Dude, look at this logo i know that logo's amazing for fucking like (laughs) this dude with the tv like yeah going into the controller the sega channel logo is fire (laughs) i I fucked
0: it's very stylistic it looks like that uh one australian artist that does all those little characters uh can't remember anything
1: doesn't matter wow that was a really cool (laughs)
0: I'm going to publish that short
1: story. Sega Master System, which was kind of crazy as well, but that was the first one. And the Sega Master System- Keith
0: Herring! Okay, sorry. I have to call it out when I remember it.
1: Keith Herring! (laughs) Yeah. Sega Master System was was dope. Damn. But yeah, I could talk- I can't believe that didn't catch on, bro. It's crazy. Sega Channel, it was 15 bucks a month in 1994. Yeah, that was probably pretty expensive. That equates to like 35 bucks. Yeah you know i mean people had more money back in the day but i just don't think that like the idea of like streaming something had really picked up i mean we didn't my family didn't but yeah. people generally i did. think that you know our, for the most part money was a little easier to come by spending power was a little little better yeah, yeah yeah if if you weren't making
0: foolish decisions it was generally easier to get money in 1994
1: yeah well 1 had a lot more spending power
0: Especially if you are a a white person as well.
1: Yeah, the whites.
0: The whites have always had a a slightly elevated chance of accruing uh, wealth.
2: no rules. The rules are all told to you by society. Society wants to control you, control your movements. It wants to say there's only one type of way to twerk. But I'm here to tell you there is no right or wrong way to twerk. It's called interpretive twerking, folks. It's easy to do. You let your body move. You let your body lead you in the interpretive twerk. It's sensual. It's sensory. It's participatory. And it's spiritual work. And that's what's important. And look, we're not going to charge you $700. It's not going to take 16 weeks. You know, there's some meatheads out there that want to tell you there's only one way to interpretively twerk. But I'm here to tell you that's not true. My name's Ethan, and I am the proponent of the Spiritual Interpretive Twerk Program. So please come to my website. That's Ethan's Interpretive Spiritual Twerking Class Program.com slash classes slash schedule slash sign up. And, and I'll teach you what I know. In the pit of my soul. I love you.
1: So, going back to Mutant Mayhem, the idea of casting children to play the roles. Phenomenal. You, you say phenomenal. I am scared Great. that, like, if they don't make another one, or, you know, if this is a one off. Or if they make another one down the line, like, you, do you cast the same kids?
0: Oh, you mean like, uh? okay, yeah, like, sort of the issue with Stranger Things. Like, unless you do them real quick, real quick turnaround, these kids are not going to be able to... But I'm sure that, A, they are probably in... They, this was a hit, I feel like, right? I don't know, well, like, yeah. the data, the metrics, but pretty sure this was a fucking hit. We could look it up. So I'm pretty sure they're on their way of making another one right away. But even if they're not, I'm pretty confident they could find equivalent children to play the role. But I will say for like, all of the voice acting was fucking on point, dude. Like that was the most, except for Raph, I feel. I feel like they could have made a stronger choice in the Raph department. I mean, that's my favorite turtle. He did
1: not seem very, I mean, like he had, they they kept referencing the anger issues. But he didn't seem particularly angry it, it, that's what, in his so vocal That's what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. With the concept of, like, the the characters seemed to bleed into each other a little bit. Like, Raph seemed very Michelangelo to me.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, he definitely didn't have the edge. Like, I'll give the 90s version that, because that Raph was fucking Raph, dude. That was, that was very
1: Raph. Rough. And, and so, so like, in the I 2014
0: really... version that you haven't seen yet, Raph is fucking Raph, dude. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: <laughs> oh no it's it's all good. I was just looking at numbers real quick. <laughs> you were like,
0: just like looking like, into mm-hmm. the middle distance.
1: <laughs> yeah. You've I, cut I, me I off for the it. last time. The last time. You I'll get you, pit. turtles. I hate you. No, I, that's that's what I was trying to say. Where it's like the the characters seemed to bleed together. Like in the nineteen ninety version, Raph was like not really willing to get in on any of the jokes. He had a, mm-hmm. a level of social awkwardness. So like in this one, mutant mayhem, none of them were socially awkward. They were all like, all getting in on the same jokes. They had a level of comfort with each other, which I guess, which was guess, nice. It was good. Yeah. They're family, but also like, I feel like there's a level of, and I mean, they referenced the discomfort and just like the raging hormones and stuff like that. But It just felt like a lot more both immature and overly mature, like at the same time. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like their awareness of themselves Mm. was a lot higher, which I don't think that like, I don't think a 14 or a 15 year old that you meet for the most part is like that emotionally aware, you know, of like what's happening and things like that. So I don't know.
0: But as far as the vocal casting, best Leo voice I've ever heard. That was so fucking Leonardo, dude. That was like A plus on that one. Yeah. And good Mikey. Not a great rap, in my opinion. Donnie, you know, I mean, Corey Feldman's Donatello, man. What are you going to yeah. do?
1: It's true. It is true, 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 Great Mikey, though. True, 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 So also, getting... I like
0: that they, oh. I like cutting you off right as you begin a sentence. Sorry. Every time. Um, Uh, michelangelo being really into like improv that's hilarious that's good
1: yeah no i agree i agree so they've made 173 million dollars as to this point oh that's not even that much no that's surprising
0: no i thought they would be hitting you know half a billion
1: or some shit i don't know
0: At least above.
1: Mario made $1.36 billion.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I figured that it would have a little more. I guess the the
1: Turtles is always going to be a little bit niche, no matter what. Nichey. Well I mean, the budget was 70 million and the box office is 173 million.
0: Oh, okay. The budget was was low then.
1: Seventy million's not low. It's crazy to think that like 70 million that's not that much. I know. And I mean, I guess it isn't when you it, when you look not. at the scheme of things in in movie making, but when I was like, I don't know,
0: much younger, and some I, I read somewhere that it had the this short film or 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 no, this indie film had a really small budget of $8 million. I was like, it was like somebody punched me in the gut. I was like, wait, what? That's a, sh- a small, b-? and then it's like, now it's like, I see it. I see it. Being involved in short films and all that shit, and the production of things trying to cost it out, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, this is. It can,
1: it, it can cost a lot. I get that. Yeah. This is why yeah. we got to get Christy back on so he can talk. TMNT with us. We started. Right? We'll,
0: we'll yeah. That yeah, we'll have to three. continue.
1: This is hilarious. This is becoming a bit. This is hilarious.
0: We're just going to like always reference the hypothetical conversation that we're going to have with Christy Yamaguchi and then just never have Yamaguchi hey, Maine. Sorry.
1: Yamaguchi Maine. And then man? just never have it. So Christy Yamaguchi Maine posted a picture the other day of him as a child in. The junkyard from TMNT two. Oh shit! That's wild. Like like, like behind that's the wild. scenes. Yeah, that's I mean, where like, we meet. He's a little kid. That's, that's what where I'm we meet
0: our fake Bebop and Rocksteady. That I was very disappointed about
1: those ones. So TMNT two not a good movie. No. I it, it has a nostalgic place in my heart. Me too. But it's not a good movie. It's the not first a good movie, one man. is kind of. A, it's just a really I like, dude. It. The first one's a good
0: movie. It's a it's a noir film. It's drenched in shadow. It's got a fucking excellent soundtrack. the The animatronics, I mean, they're animatronics, so they're gonna be like kind of janky sometimes. But for like animatronics on a low budget movie, that's some good shit. That's Those really look good. good, and and the people they had doing them, they really did the fighting. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The fights yeah. were excellently choreographed. Yeah. It had stakes. Like you were worried, Splinter was gonna get fucking killed, man. Yeah, it was good. It was a good movie,
1: unabashedly. I think the first second one, one not that great. Second one not that great. I'm gonna say it, it's not bad. But. I liked the 1990 version better, and then Mutant Mayhem. Then Mutant Mayhem. Okay, but but then again, Mutant Mayhem might be a better movie. So that's like it's a weird yeah. Juxtaposition. Uh, you know what? That
0: that is like actually my exact position. I think too. Yeah, I like the 90 version more because of the elements. I love noir. I love the the real fighting, like fists making contact type shit that the other Turtles movies really don't have. Although, again, that 2014 version had the most epic fight between Raphael and Leonardo, and it was the dopest shit, dude. No you spoilers. Gotta watch don't movie. tell me. You got to watch it. Don't tell me. But yeah. Anyway.
1: Quick question. How much do you think they made the 1990 version? What do you think the budget was? I'm going to say probably And, and like, how much do you think it made? Both both questions, two part.
0: Like up to this point or at the time in the theaters? In the box office. In the box office, okay. I would say probably the budget is like $6 million maybe. And then it probably made like, oh gosh, I don't know. $16 million? I don't know.
1: You only think it made sixteen million? Yeah, box like office? I don't think it
0: did that well. I think it flopped in the box office. But I don't know. I could be very fucking wrong.
1: You're very wrong on okay. the second part. <laughs> okay. The budget was 13.5 million. Okay, okay. So you were close. You know, I'll give you I was that. You were there. within you were within. You, you get where I'm
0: going with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But the box office, two hundred and two million dollars.
0: <laughs> Whoa. Damn, bro. Good for them. God damn.
1: So 200 million. Good for
0: that random director who never did anything else. That's crazy. Uh
1: hold on, 202 million in 1990. It's probably like 500 million. Let's calculate it. 474 million would be the equivalent.
0: Yeah. Damn, I'm good. I was dead. I'm yeah. pretty fucking close. Yeah, not
1: bad. You're not bad. You know, you're horrible at some things and you're okay at other <laughs>
0: things, so you know. Ain't that the truth?
1: Hey, oh why can't you just be good at everything? No, that's crazy, man. It, it
0: fucking, like, <laughs> quadrupled. It, like... Wow. It made so much more money than it cost. That's crazy. Yeah. And then they fucking made the, a terrible second one. They got greedy, man. They were like, we you gotta make it more for that. the kids. We gotta sell more toys.
1: You know the story behind that, right?
0: I'm assuming it's because the fucking toy company was like, we can't... Oh, is it... Does it have something to do with the whole panic of the... Of the 90s about violence in cinema or some shit?
1: Not necessarily, but it had to... There was a panic, and the panic was from the filmmakers in the studio who thought that it was a fad and that it was going to disappear quickly. Oh, so they were like jumped on making so a new one. So they jumped on making the second one. The second movie was proposed, written, produced, released within nine months. Of, this, of the first one's release.
0: I want to preface this by saying that I have no experience making money on basically anything. But I'm just surprised by the lack of vision there. Like here you made a fuck. You have a gold mine here with this franchise, with this content. And mm-hmm. there's already hella fucking lore that you can mine. You can take your time. Like, I don't understand why you would have no vision and just be like, all right, we got to get another one out right now. It
2: doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter who wrote it.
0: Like, dude, take your time, bro. You're good. This made a lot of money. You can make a good next one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that
1: expands on what you've already made. So they rushed it out and it's did crazy. the whole thing within nine months. Okay. Whoa. That is ambitious. Nine <laughs> months after the first one was Damn. released. So th- First one was released. In, that shit was being written as
0: they were shooting it. Like absolutely.
1: Okay. No, I'm sorry. So March 30th, 1990 is when the first one came out. The second one came out March 22nd, 1991. So yeah, yeah, yeah it took crazy. nine months, and then you know it, it, you know them promoting it for two. Second one cost. Give me. What do you think? And what do you think of the cost? What I'm gonna do you say think?
0: probably what, like double, like 30 million or something.
1: Okay. And what do you think of the
0: box office? Probably not as much or maybe just about the same.
1: Guess. Give me a
0: like, one. let's say 135 million.
1: All right. So bu- budget was 25 million, so you were close. 25 million. Okay, okay. Box office 78.7. Oh. <laughs>
0: See, so it that's what you fucking dick. assholes get. You didn't take your time, you didn't fucking make something good and people rejected it because you're a fucking fool. Another thing
1: about it is they they named the movie before they wrote it.
0: That's just embarrassing, honestly. So
1: so they named it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Then they wrote the movie and they never talked about the secret of the ooze. No, they in the don't. the slightest. They do not divulge what the secret of that ooze is. There's nothing about the ooze. It's just like, it is there. Yep. <laughs> it exists in this world. <laughs> dandelions.
0: Oh, God, yeah. No, sunflowers. Let's
1: not forget. No, no, it's dandelions
0: is the line. Oh, that's the secret? <laughs>
1: No, no, I'm, that's the line in the movie. Don't you don't remember? Oh, I thought they were fucking sunflowers. I thought no, they made dude. gigantic. Sun- were they fucking
0: dandelions? Here, hold on a second. I'm a goddamn fool. Hold on a second. I can't believe it. Damn. Damn. Here. Oh yeah, you're right. Dandelions. Well, there you go. That's what it is. But you know, uh, the reason I thought that is because they fucking literally look like sunflowers. Oh, yeah. 122. 122 and
3: an 8. This is is
0: the classic moment.
3: 122 and an 8. Down here. Where the heck is 122 and an 8? You're standing, You're standing on it, dude. Just slip it down here.
0: See, excellent voice casting in this movie, too. Like, that is so fucking Michelangelo's ridiculous. Yeah.
3: You? <laughs> Give me that. Hey, this is the 10. The tab's 13. You're two minutes late, dude. Ah, oh, come on. I couldn't find a place. Wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. I got to get a new route. Got go it brilliant everywhere.
0: Yes! Yes! Brilliant. going
2: to go. We're just doing a turtles <laughs> clip show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh my Mm, You dirty rat. You killed my brother brother. You dirty rat.
2: Mm.
0: (laughs) You know it's not Hey and he's into
1: improv. Look at that. Dude, I got so many of these. You really do. You really do. What were these good about to be used for? I've used them in episodes. Oh, have you? Oh yeah. 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 I'm gonna have to bring that one
0: back. You dirty rat. It's a good one. It's a good one, man.
3: Regular or mental.
0: Is that Sam fucking whatever his name is saying that?
3: Class
1: is Pain 101. Your instructor's Casey Jones. Class is Pain 101. Your instructor's Casey Jones. Yeah, whatever happened to that guy, man. Yeah, Casey Jones. First one, it's just too good. You know what I'm saying? Casey Jones killed it in that. Elias Cote- Cotius.
3: Big Apple. Big Apple, 3 a.m. You
1: remember that one? <laughs> Turtles in nope. Time, first episode. Baxter Kane, right after you beat Baxter Kane? Nope. Or maybe right before you beat Baxter Kane.
0: I, I gotta be honest, I have never beat that game. What? It's the first I, level! I didn't do... Yeah, exactly. I haven't even gotten that far, dude.
1: Good God, okay. I wasn't
0: ever good at video games, and video games never really appealed to me all that much. There were certain games I was into uh, if they were like open world and didn't
1: have very strict rules yeah. <laughs> about what you could do. Yeah, no, I, I the open world video games are infinitely better like red dead redemption or fallout yeah i don't know about i i wasn't the biggest fan of fallout it was a little too oh, meticulous dude, i loved fallout i like red dead redemption i liked grand it's theft classy. auto it's have great. you played ghost of tsushima or have you seen that uh
0: yeah i saw shroom play through it and it was Ooh. it looked amazing that it's a beautiful game it's yeah, like one it of the most beautiful amazing games there,
1: dude. also you know what game you should dope try to try and get um i guess you don't have a system but it's called stray Oh no! Doing- I would play the shit out of that. Yeah, I would spend.
0: I would, spend, I would lo- lose my life, man. I would. It's it's
1: not that it's not that long. It's like a pretty short game. Oh, is it? Yeah.
0: The amount you know of uh, exploring I would do as a kitty cat is is. Uh, it's it's very fun.
1: It's very satisfying. It's massive. But like, yeah, I get it. You can get totally lost in the worlds of uh, or
0: cyberpunk, bro. I would. Oh my god. I wouldn't do shit else. I would just play that.
1: Yeah, it's easy. I mean. I wish that game was executed better. But even games like Starfield or mm-hmm. uh was that the, the uh, uh No Man's Sky. Yeah, you know? No Man's like, Sky. Yeah. People just like play that those games for hundreds of hours. Dude, like For I real? Get
0: a generative game or whatever it's called? Uh, uh yeah. Right? Yeah. generative
1: something like or that. Or procedural.
0: That's what it is. Procedural generated. Procedurally generated. Yeah. Uh man. Oh, I would love to explore a game like that, but I just can't fucking do it, man. It's just uh, nope.
1: Well, I you can always go watch someone do. on stream uh, on Twitch, you know, That's play true. those games. If you but really that seems like to. even more
0: of a ridiculous waste of time. Yeah. Is to watch someone else play video games for hours. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you don't have the time. Like, some, like for you, who's animating, you know, do you ever like throw on like, I mean, I'm sure you throw podcasts on or whatever, but do you ever throw like... Yeah,
0: horrific true crime content
1: is always a go-to. <laughs> I fall asleep to forensic files like every so, like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, that shit. I know. I fall it asleep. It puts me right to sleep. I fall asleep to this
0: fucking uh channel called Explore With Us sometimes and he's just like that was the moment where she realized she had killed her mother. <laughs> it's like it's oh, wow. so horrific. They found her head cut off in the kitchen with pools of blood leading to the bathroom. It's like oh my god. <laughs> It blows my mind that this is like shit that happens in real life to yeah. real people. This oh, yeah. shit happens. What is really fascinating are the people who lose their minds and like think their families are demons or whatever. Like that shit. It's like, bro, it's not like they planned that out. It's not like they accidentally did it. They were like
1: deceived by demons.
0: <laughs> like it's crazy anyway
1: i think about that shit a lot that's why i got into psychology is because i wanted to understand the depths that people go to yeah you know and and part part of that reason was you know like i'm not comparing my dad's wife to you know ted bundy or anything like that right just like the concept of you know like how can
0: you be a fucking unempathetic asshole yeah and like do everything to feed your ego, even if it harms other people. That's wild.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's basically a psychopath. I mean, really.
1: And, and to an extent. I mean, there are degrees to it. And mm-hmm. more often than not, psychopathy is the blanket that like people throw on everything. But like right. more often than not, the person isn't even psycho. Right. You know, it's just like they might just be a narcissist. They might be a sociop- sociopath. They might be, you know, there's so many degrees to it. Yeah, any,
0: any number of fucking antisocial personality disorders will have you doing psychopathic type of shit. Yeah. Or even like ADHD or like, uh, you know, there's all sorts of things that can make you look like you're a psychopath, even if you're not.
1: Yeah, I mean, back in the day, you know, whether it was the DSM-1 and like them putting a bunch of different disorders and, and things into one blanket or, you know, like, going back to the Salem witch trials or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, she's a witch. You know, it's just like, that's the explanation for it. And it's like, okay, we're going to kill her. And it's always crazy when you look at like those instances of essentially blanket hallucination that were yeah. happening, like in, in a whole town where it's like, yeah. they all got, yeah, ergot poisoning. A shared
0: delusion. Oh yeah. Right. Right.
1: Well, that's, yep. that's the theory as to what, and it makes a lot of sense is like that they're, they're, supply of grain right got the rot that polluted. creates yeah. LSD
0: right that's been an explanation for like a number of different uh yeah. bizarre like shared delusions yeah shared delusions
1: that essentially like a group of people like ramping each other up and like pushing each other farther and farther and into mm-hmm. the rabbit hole until you get to a place where you're murdering a bunch of people it's
0: nuts man there are people alive today whose great 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 you know grandma or whatever was testifying that she saw her neighbor do some witchcraft yeah like that's why i mean this that could be said for a lot of historical things you know i mean like we have probably direct ancestors that were unabashedly crazily racist and well i mean like, that's pushing that's the,
1: legislation the you know? joy of being white
0: <laughs> right right i mean there's any any number of historical events, you know, that's true for, you know.
1: Yeah, I I can't remember I think it was we we just saw Neil Brennan live a little while ago and I if I recall correctly that he had some joke about like don't ask, you know, like God, what was his joke about oh she's she's listening to something. He had some joke about like not <laughs> trusting your ancestors, you know. If yeah, yeah, white. That's it's a, like that's why why would you be assumption. asking them? for advice. You know what I mean? Like, why, why, you know, why would you be asking your, your ancestors for guidance?
0: Right. That's, that's kind of how I feel when, uh, when I see that come up, it's like, ask the ancestors for guidance or whatever. And it's like, not
1: mine. (laughs) I'm not. Yeah. Well, if you go farther back, you go far back enough, there will be some wise people in there. And, you know, just because there were some bad apples doesn't mean that everyone was killing everyone. Yeah. Even though a lot of people were, killing a lot of people yeah it's crazy man i love how we you know we're doing an episode on mutant mayhem and tnt and then and then we this is where we end up
0: yeah yeah
1: this is this is where we the
0: the witch trials
1: and (laughs) witch trials and murdering and true crime
0: slipping into
2: darkness
1: That's like the theme of this.
0: Yep. (laughs) As we get older and slowly slip into, you know, dementia.
1: (laughs) Dimensional uh, awareness. Oh, nice. Nice. Extra dementia. No. Dementia. No. Well, word. Is there anything else? Any other thoughts you got on Mutant Mayhem? Let's see. Let how, many, how many down. stars? How many? How many thumbs oh, up? Oh, I would does give it, it like.
0: I mean, I'd give it all the stars, you know. No, let's dock one star for any complaint I have, and then we'll keep it there.
1: So, like nine out of ten. Okay, nine out, out of ten. Know? How about you? I'm gonna give it a. For going out of ten, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Okay,
0: that's fair. I mean, that's probably honestly what I should have given it to.
1: So I revise my vote. Uh, no nope, going along. You can't with revise you. it. You got damn nine. it.
0: Yep. Stick. I with want it. so badly to conform right now. God yep. damn it.
1: <laughs> you failed. I want this to be homogenized. I want homogenization. Homogenization.
0: Like the milk? Isn't it homogenized?
1: I think so, yeah. Homogenize my dairy products. I want to pasteurize our podcast. Uh, put it out to pasture. I want to hear you say that you want to pasteurize our podcast in the JFK voice.
0: I want to pasteurize our podcast. I don't know. Is that fucking even close? I That's close. That's close. I get where you're trying. I don't know what the fuck that Eekbein, was. Eugene Berliner or whatever. Podcast. Oh, saying podcast as JFK is like a weird
1: Podca- podcast podcast. Podcast. Do I don't I don't what the fuck. That was New
0: Jersey. Uh, what where was he from? Was he from Bo- uh Boston? Yeah, he's like... from Massachusetts.
1: Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Eight out of ten. I mean nine out of ten. Bold art direction, uh great character designs, voice acting's on point. Like, yeah, I got nothing but good things to say about it, you know. For kids watching the turtles, this is this is good for them. It's great for yeah. them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I would say voice acting, art direction, yeah, story. You know, yeah. all very high. Yeah. And and but exposition or just writing, I think would would be the one the thing that. does. yeah, yeah, at, yeah. You know what I mean.
0: That's my main beef, and I would love to have like a conversation with the art director about some choices,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. Yeah, if they had made Raph a little bit more, like, of a loner, that would have been cool. But, I mean, those are minor complaints.
1: Yeah, and I get it. Once again, this is a reboot. And so, like, they're essentially, you know, shifting the story entirely. And so, in that regard, uh, they are allowed to, you know, take those kind of... uh, Liberties. Yeah, creative liberties. and, And... Yes. The main guy who wrote the story was named Brendan O'Brien. And he had. Lieutenant O'Brien. He wrote Neighbors, the mm. Seth Rogen and, and, and Zach Efron movie. Yeah. And then Neighbors
0: 2. I did not see those. They looked like very disposable, inconsequential comedies, but I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting concept, right? Where like I like Seth Rogen in essence a lot of the time, and in execution, I like what he sometimes. represents most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of his movies, but I like a lot of his movies. Like I thought Pineapple Express was like amazing. Yeah. At the start, and then by the end of it, I was like, "What? What am I doing?" <laughs> and I feel like that happens with a lot of his movies
0: well like uh, this is the end
1: you know that movie was his best movie I think
0: it's like oh this is like a really interesting concept and I want to see how this plays out and then by the end you're like man what the fuck dude what the fuck why is this happening
1: I actually think that was maybe his best movie (laughs) why is it the demon dick like what (laughs) oh yeah okay maybe not
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's just so over the top for no reason
1: yeah but you know what? Seth he Rogan. makes
0: bold choices, like fucking uh, simulating the assassination of a of a hostile foreign leader, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know sometimes it works, and sometimes it gets you uh, put on a on an FBI list <laughs> or whatever.
1: Yeah, the main um, so the writers on it were Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg. Oh, on uh, this is the end. Yeah. No, no, on 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 Mutant Mayhem. Oh, and yeah, Evan Goldberg has done. So I've seen that name before, for sure. Well, yeah, he did. He was a writer on Superbad, Pineapple Express, mm-hmm. The Watch, This Is the End. Damn. He did the story See? for the interview. Night Before Sausage Party, Neighbors Two. And so yeah, Jeez. he's done a, and then he's been a producer on a bunch of Seth Rogen's.
0: Sausage so. Party was,
1: uh, yeah. Anyway, we don't have to talk about every Seth Rogen movie, but uh. <laughs> was that one bad? I never saw it.
0: Uh, it was just so like I don't know. In my opinion, personally, I felt like it was uh, trying way too fucking hard. It was like it was like edgy kind of humor in a way, like. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you're going so hard to, like, try and walk the line of being offensive, but still mm. getting away with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm just not here for that, man. Like, I, I like when it works in naturally in a story, but I don't want to fucking see a whole film that's just trying to do that. Like, I'll never yeah. watch that movie
1: again. Well, I won't watch it now.
0: Unless I met somebody who I respected that was like, no, that movie's amazing, bro. You have to watch it again. Then I'd be like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Wow, you really
1: caved to peer pressure.
0: Yes. I really, really, really (laughs) want to belong, dude. (laughs) That's all I fucking want. for me. (laughs) All right, mate.
1: All right, amigo. What are you doing with the rest of your evening?
0: Uh, I'm going to pee pee. Maybe poo-poo. I got to pee, too. And uh, I got to finish up. I got to, I got to, I don't know, man. I got a lot of shit to do. (laughs) I got a lot of shit to do, and I don't know what to do. That's a problem. That's a problem.
1: You're having a, what is that called? Um, Decision fatigue.
0: Yes, I think so.
1: Which is what a lot of us suffer from.
0: That's why I want to just go with the flow. Yep. You know, I don't want to make a decision. I just want whatever
1: you like. That's what I like. Whatever you like. Yeah, I just want to conform. It's easy. I I just want to conform. Like I turned on Netflix and I was like, I'm gonna like scroll down like four lists and then I'm gonna click one of the first movies that I see. Nice. Because you know, like you can get so lost in that shit. So I turned on it's like rolling the dice. That's great. So I turned on the Punisher with John Travolta and Thomas James. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I just uh, started it and then I paused it to come in and finish, you know, episode and all that stuff. And Uh, so I'm gonna finish that shit tonight. I know it's going to be I trash. Like yeah, I have fond memories of that movie, but I no, don't no, think I, it's good. I've heard nothing but bad things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, man. Peace, Peace out. Have a good night. You